Hey, everybody. It's your pal Sully. Miller and I are back, and we're wearing the same clothes. It's Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been podcasting for over a decade about baseball. This is my fifth season here with the Locked On Podcast Network. My guest host today, as he is every week, is sitting right over there, right where I'm pointing, right I'm looking at you right now. Me? Yeah, that's you. me. I'm Miller Thomas, host of right. the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. I'm a, you know, you can follow me on Twitter if you want, at Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or you can look up Lockdown Diamondbacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And um, yeah, host Miller Thomas, Lockdown Diamondbacks. We're at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter, Instagram. I'm your pal Sully, Miss Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Happy Vernal Equinox. We are Ooh. at the Vernal Equinox. Right down the line, the day is as long as the night, which means it is officially spring. Spring has spranged. I did that for my mom, who every time anything grammatically incorrect, she gets a little upset. So spring has indeed spranged. Ain't but no way. So many teams can go into this year with a sense of optimism, saying like, oh boy, could this be the year? Could this be the year? But as we talked about in yesterday's show, there are six playoff teams in the National League, and all six seem to be destined to head back to the playoffs. So we're trying to be, not necessarily negative, but trying to see, is there a crack of the door open for some of the teams on the fringe, like the Milwaukee Brewers? It could be a fringe playoff team. You're going to see the I think the Miami Marlins have the pitching and a little bit better hitting. And we're going to see any team that gets rid of Don Mattingly always does well. And maybe, dare I say it, your Arizona Diamondbacks may find a way to slither their way in to a potential October run. But in order to do that, the six gatekeepers who have locked arms we're doing that whole thing that you do when the, the penalty kick is happening in a soccer game where they all line up like that. That's what they're doing for the goal of getting to October. Now, in yesterday's show, we broke down that the St. Louis Cardinals are superstar top-heavy, but underneath that beautiful frosting is a pretty fragile cake. You saw the New York Metropolitans, who have so many superstars, so many recognizable names, and so many of them are really, really old. And maybe, just maybe, if age catches up with some of them, it's going to be a long summer in Queens. And we said to the defending National League champion Philadelphia Phillies, let's face it, they were in the playoffs last year more because of the Brewers collapsing than because the Phillies were a juggernaut down the stretch. Talk to any Phillies fan down the stretch. Phillies didn't really play inspired baseball until they absolutely stunned the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves in October. And by then, they faced the Padres, who did their stunning of their own. But they are a very fragile team who do not have their star 
their, their franchise player for the first chunk of the season. So those three teams, and by the way, I'm still picking all three to get in, but that's how they could be potentially vulnerable. Just reviewing yesterday's show. Now, four, the big three. The three teams that people, well, what do we got? We got the three teams. I think a lot of people, including your pal Sully, think that all three teams are going to finish with 100 wins this year. Mm-hmm. And yet, there is a scenario that one of these three teams may be playing golf when it comes to this October. Let's go with the team that won the World Series just a couple of years ago and looked like they were stampeding their way back to the World Series last year. The Atlanta Braves, who for some reason people think I hate them because I had the audacity of saying the Mets look good. The Braves are going to win 100 games this year. They could win the division. They could win the World Series. Or they could have a scenario where they miss the playoffs altogether. How do you see that happening? Yeah, I'm glad we saved the Braves, Dodgers, and Padres for today because I think it's tougher to make the argument that these three teams are not going to make the postseason than the teams we discussed on yesterday's podcast because these teams just seem flawless and seem damn near perfect because the Braves have been maybe the trendsetter for how you should build your roster and your lineup going forward in the near future with locking up your young stars early. So it's hard to make an argument against the Braves to why they should make the postseason this year. But if I was to broach the topic as to why they are not making the playoffs this season, I think maybe the argument is the roster turnover, actually, because when you look at this Braves team since they won the World Series. They've lost a lot of people and replaced them a lot. Like, we, of course, know the Freddie Freemans of the world, the guy who used to be the heartbeat and soul of this Atlanta Braves franchise for nearly a decade. And then you just let Dansby Swanson go this past year. But even the guys who helped win that World Series, like the Eddie Rosarios and the Jorge Solers and the Adam Duvalls, like, there's just been a lot of roster turnover with the Braves the last couple of years. And maybe it's the lack of chemistry and cohesion. You just went out there and traded for Sean Murphy this past offseason, who's a good catcher, but maybe just adding another body and talent into the team will actually be a detrimental effect. And Ronald Acuna is a stud, but there's always seems to be a little tiff for taff and a little just, you know, just, just a little tension in the air whenever we talk about Acuna and the Atlanta Braves. So maybe it's a chemistry thing that, disrupts this whole Braves franchise because it's tough to make an argument against this Braves team when you look at the talent on paper. You look at the lineup, you look at the rotation, you look at the bullpen. This team is stacked at pretty much every phase. So maybe it has to be an internal fire that destroys this thing from the inside out instead of like outside forces affecting the Braves franchise. I think you're right. I think on paper, um, Fangrass had a great point about this Braves team and that was if you go around like through like about six or seven of their positions. They're not the best at any position, but they're mm-hmm. top five at almost everyone. Yeah. And just so, deep. yeah, the, the depth of it. And that reminds me a little of the Joe Torre Yankees. When you saw like, for example, that 98, 99 team, you went around, you could find uh first base. Mo Vaughn was a Mo Vaughn or Frank Thomas or Rafael Palmero were better at first base than Tino Martinez when Tino was great. Go around the, you know, Robbie Almar was a better second baseman, but Knobloch was great. You can make the case of, you know, Vizcal was a better fielder. Garcia Parr was a better hitter. A-Rod was the better all-around player, but Jeter was still great. 
you know, you had better outfielders like Griffey Jr., Juan Gonzalez that were that existed out in baseball, but having an outfield that had Bernie Williams and Paul O'Neill in the revolving door and left was still great. And so they 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 had an answer at every position. And the Braves remind me of that. Is Matt Olson as great as Freddie Freeman? No. And Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman remains an MVP candidate. But because Matt Olson is still a very productive player, first base doesn't turn into a hole. Now, what could happen? Michael Harris had a wonderful rookie year. Ronald Acuna Jr. came back from his injury would be really productive. You know, you know, Austin Riley had a wonderful year. You could see you, – you saw the entire outfield get injured in 2021. As it happened, they responded – but you could see that there's this definitely a scenario where that couldn't happen. Or look up and down this lineup of the players in their 20s, a slump here, a slump there. Next thing you know, they're losing a bunch of two-to-one games. I don't think you could look at – I mean, their bullpen is second to none in terms of depth, mm-hmm. but bullpens and, and star relievers tend to flame out. You don't have, with very few exceptions, relievers who are super effective for 10, 11, 12 years. And, you know, Max Fried is obviously an ace. Kyle Wright had a phenomenal year last night. Year Spencer Strider was terrific. But either injury or regression to any of them could open up the door for a team to pop in. Yeah, it would have to be like a regression argument that you make for this Braves team just because it feels like this team can sustain injury. And the two rookies that they're – that, that from last year that are finished, you know, as the rookie of the year finalist and Strider and Michael Harris, like getting a full season out of those two this year. And if there's any sort of, you talk about regression, but if there's any sort of progression from those two players where they just get 5% better, 3% better. And you get a full season off of both of those guys, because as rookies, they look like all-star level players. I mean, Michael Harris was already a 2020 player and just 115 games. Spencer Strider looked freaking dominant. In the 20 starts he had, if you get 30 starts on Spencer Strider, where he's like 3% better and 150 games out of Michael Harris, where he's like 3% better. This Braves team might add two more all-stars to the all-star game this year. And it's probably a lot more likely that they win 115 games and they win just 85 games or go 500. Yeah. I got to say when, when we were, when we were trying to figure this out, the, the Braves was the single hardest one. And by the way, keep in mind, people who say I've been hating on the Braves. I just finished saying, uh, I, I think the Braves are the single biggest lock of the, you know, of any of the returning postseason teams. And I can tell you one thing right here now, uh, Snickers' job is so, so safe. The Braves don't have to be looking for a new manager. They don't need to send out any resumes for the managerial position in Atlanta. And by the way, when it comes down to hiring, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job, put on the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find quality candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash, you like the slash there, slash LockedOnMLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. All right, we're uh, seeing the glass half empty for surefire teams in the postseason. Um, let's go to L.A. Mm. Because L.A. has uh, LA has had, since the ownership has taken over, since 2013, there's only been one year where the Dodgers didn't finish in first place. And you kind of sort of have to put a caveat on that because they won 106 games that year. They won 106 games in their wild card year where they finished one game behind San Francisco and then wound up check swinging their way past San Francisco and getting to game six of the NLCS that year. So the Dodgers are on a roll. The Dodgers obviously are a team that has, you know, great depth, obviously has a team that uh, has a World Series or bust mentality. They got to win another World Series for this run to answer the questions. I thought I thought they were going to stampede their way to the World Series last year. Then again, I also thought they were going to win in 2019. So basically, whenever I praise the Dodgers, get yourself to fan duel and bet against them because I've done something to them. But the Dodgers are going to go into this year as the defending National League West champions and seeing that they really felt like they deserved to win the 2018 World Series are doing everything in their power to sign as many Red Sox from the 2018 World Series so they can at least say, hey, maybe we did win it through osmosis. Oddly, a bunch of those Dodgers are now in Boston. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But let's uh, think of flipping and flopping, flip, flop, flipping. Let's go through why won't the Dodgers make it to the playoffs for the first time since 2012 well i think it's two things i think it's like the atlanta braves a little bit of a talent drain or like the roster turnover and i also think it's just natural decline when you look at this dodgers team who has been at the pinnacle the peak for the last decade or whatever running the nos maybe it's just time for basically the whole clan kershaw era they've been at the top and now we can start to see the end of the Kershaw experience as he gets older. And as he gets older, I think the time for the Dodgers is starting to dwindle down. It's time to start the sunset for the Dodgers because we know Clayton Kershaw is a little bit older, going to be 35, still producing at a very high level. But for some of these Dodgers, like the Max Muncy's of the world, I think you're starting to see the decline, maybe even Chris Taylor's. Like these guys are entering their early 30s. They're going to have Clayton Kershaw, another year older. And then you look at some of the players, like the Dodgers had a lot of players leaving free agency this past Mm -hmm. offseason from the Turners, the Bellingers, the Chris Martins, the Tyler Andersons, the Andrew Heaney's, the Trey Turners. Like they've had so much talent leave, not this not just this offseason, but the past offseasons with the Max Scherzers of the world and the Manny Machados of the world. Like, there's been a lot of talent to leave the Dodgers the last few years. Now, of course, they also add talent with the Freddie Freemans and the Mookie Betts of the world. But they are slowly getting older. Guys are going to start to enter decline, if not already like the Max Muncy's of the world. And we also can't forget, they're also entering the season kind of injured. Like, there's no Walker Bueller for this upcoming season, which will be a major hit to this team. The Trevor Bauer story, of course, 
off the field, whatever. Like that was someone you're bringing in to be a major part of your rotation that is just not going to be there anymore. So there has been a significant talent drain, I think, from this Dodgers team the last three years. I think they've gone older, and I think they've got some players that are just starting to enter their decline with some of their young guys, like the Walker Buehlers of the world, being hurt already and missing this upcoming season. I think it's a whole combination of things as to why the Dodgers are not going to be good. I think their overall ceiling has just taken back two to three notches. I think uh, here's what I really agree with you on. Um, I think we're going to see what the the importance of Trey Turner was on the team. Um, you remember, like a year or so ago, they lost Corey Seager. And mm, now they've, yeah, lost, they've lost Justin Turner. And they've lost Cody Bellinger. They lost a lot of the players who were key parts mm-hmm. of those teams. And, Jock Peterson. You know, and yeah, exactly. And we're, we're you're, you're going to find out how important some of those players were when you start playing the game of Jenga of removing the key members of the team. Um, but the major, major point you make, this is, you know, Urias is going to have to be the ace of the staff. You don't know what you're going to get out of Kershaw and anything you get out of Kershaw is just almost a bonus. You already saw Bu- the injury of Bueller, the injury to Tony Gonsolin. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is already a team who did not, not make the big, huge splash. They brought in pieces, you know, and, and you know, J.D. Martinez and a couple other players who they bring in. Great train. You know, Peralta, you know, there's the, there's some good, you know, good, you know, quality better. players. But you don't have that one spark plug. And, you know, Gavin Lux is out for probably, what, the yeah. year, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So done, some of those young players that they were hoping were going to be blossoming this year. Because remember, Lux had a terrible uh, start to the season. He actually finished the season quite well. Thing. Oh, no, it was actually kind of the odd well, he, he His stats didn't show how good a year he actually had. And as it turns out, we're never going to find out what he's going to do this year because he's, you know, he's, he's done. And so the fragility of the veterans, I think, is the biggest argument against Los Angeles. I still think Los Angeles is going to win. I still think they have enough talent to win. And I also think that if they don't win the division, and right now I'm not picking them to win the division, but I still think that even a regression to the, you know, the low 90s, high 80s is probably enough to still make the postseason. Um, it does make them very vulnerable. This is a very vulnerable team. And this is the most vulnerable team I've seen on the Dodgers since since the new ownership showed up, you know, yeah. in the middle just, of 2012. And just comparing the Dodgers to these other teams that were discussing in the last two pods, who do you think is the most vulnerable of all the playoff teams from last year to make it that couldn't miss it this year? Because it might feel, be the Dodgers. You think it's Philly? I, I still think it's Philly. I still okay. think it's Philly. I think it's yeah. probably I, – I think it's a lot closer maybe between those two teams and – maybe what people realize just because of the talent drain, the injuries that we've seen with the Dodgers. But I think the Phillies could still be the right choice there. Yeah. I mean, but, but the, the scenario, like we, we were grasping at straws for coming up with a reason for the Braves. Yeah. For the Dodgers, for the Dodgers and Mets, the Dodgers and Mets could meet in the NLCS or they could miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it just depends on the, the health and the, uh, you know, and whether or not some of these players, especially when it gets down towards the end of the year, some of them may need the, like that little boost of energy. Yeah. 
It's not always, you know, you know, you need that little, you need that little bump. And if you need a little bit of boost energy yourself, grab yourself a built bar. Because guess what? It's time for the built March Madness bracket. Are you going to have the Farley Dickinson of protein bars? Well, it's here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to Built March Madness to vote for your favorites. I'm going to be voting for Raspberry. Why? Because I love it. I love it. Who, who are you going to be voting for? Who's your bar? I love a little brownie batter, cookies and cream. Love my brownie batter. Love my brownie batter. You know hey. what? If you want your bar to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team. Support your bar. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on MLB listeners will get a free box of built. Ah! Not hmm. only that, but one locked on fan will receive a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. <clears throat> you got to try built best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing. You won't think that they're good for you. And what makes built bars so good for starters, they're all higher in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. I didn't make that up. Real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. And you know what they say. Built Bars, they're still good. Okay, we got one last one. Yep. And uh, again, this one's a tough one. You know, know, the Dodgers, again, there is the Dodgers could get the injury bug. And we could see that. Lest we forget, I mean, there have been some very, very good teams that have missed the playoffs over the last bunch of years uh, because of injuries catching up with them. Um, I have to say in full disclosure, I don't want to see it happen to the Dodgers. Why? I'm recording from the Sully Baseball Locked On MLB Studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. I want to go to a couple of Dodger playoff games. That being said. That being said, um, let's go to the Padres. Yeah, because for the Padres, like you said, it's tough to make the argument for them. And even if you're claiming injuries with the Padres, like even if a Soto and a Machado both get hurt, you're still going to have Bogarts and Tatis and Jacob Cronenworth, because I think he just said recently he doesn't like being called Jake. He likes being called Jacob. So Jacob Cronenworth, you're still going to have a pretty nice lineup with them. And even if the rotation gets hurt, even if you lose a Darvish and Musgrove, like they quietly, Blake Snell had a pretty solid season last year. I quietly really like the Michael Waka pickup for the Padres as well. So I, I think it's really tough to make the argument against the Padres. But if you were going to do it, I think you have to kind of look at them like me. Maybe a rich, a really rich version of the St. Louis Cardinals will maybe make the same argument that they're very top heavy and they don't have the quality of depth that maybe you like because they're just so loaded with that frontline star talent of the Sotos, the Machados, the Bogarts and Tatises of the world that maybe their lineup does drop off pretty considerably after the top four there. But even if two of those guys gets hurt, you're still probably fine if they're if you're the Padres same with their rotation if a Musgrove or a Darvish gets hurt it gets a little bit thinner after them but they did still do a pretty good job of 
building out the back end of that rotation with the Wakas and the Seth Lugos of the world and Blake Snell might have a bounce back. So I'm really grasping at straws when it comes to making an argument against the San Diego Padres. Maybe you look at that bullpen because that was, they kind of had trouble closing games last year and they really didn't have a solidified uh, ninth inning guy, someone that could just shut the door. And maybe that's where you look at this Padres team. They could score all the runs that they want. They're going to have a great offense, but do you trust them in those high-leverage moments to shut the door when there's two men on, two outs, and you got to put this guy away to win the ball game? Maybe that's where the Padres struggle this season. Yeah, I mean, the, the bullpen is the one point that I can look at and say maybe they can be vulnerable there. But It's tough. It's tough because there's so, there, there's so much talent on that team. It's like an all-star it, team. It would have to be a complete collapse. Yeah. That's what it would just have to really just be them – you know, falling all over themselves. So we've talked about the six uh, National League playoff teams. We've made a, a pessimistic case, and and you know, and and I I think that the 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 two, well, let's say let's say the four main teams that could sneak up. I like any team that has good pitching. The Marlins have good pitching, which means there could be a bunch of those games where they play, you know, if they play two games against a bad team and they have the best pitcher all three games, they're going to win a bunch of those two out of three in those series and mm -hmm. maybe beat up on some of the bottom feeders. And I think, you know, the Marlins, who had a bad year last year, despite the 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 Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara season, um, I think they're going to be closer to 500 this year. I really do. Uh, I think Milwaukee is still, you know, they had a winning season last year. I think they're still a quality team. Uh, San Francisco, I don't know what to make of them. You go from mm -hmm. 107 wins to 81 wins. I don't know. I don't think they're a 107 win team, and I don't think they're an 81 win team. I think they're somewhere in the middle. Um, and I think and look, that, and I think that they could be a team that sneaks up on it. And but I think Milwaukee is the most likely, just because they still have the pitching talent to do it. But there you go. There's the six and the case against them. And I think it's fair to say, look, we all like to bring up the Giants 107-win season, right? Did anybody feel like that team that year was as good as 107 wins? Did anybody no. feel like that team was going to go far in the postseason? I know they had a great regular season. They won a whole bunch of games, but we all know in our heart of hearts, it was pretty fluky, and that team was never going to go that deep into the playoffs. So well, I think I we just, need to stop talking about it, Giants fans. Let's not bring it up. Well, oh, we I, won 107 games. You guys were always frauds, and we know that. Okay. I, I just even said I didn't think yeah. they were a 107-win team, but I also didn't think they were an 81-win team. I think they're – I think they had two straight years where they're like, wait a minute, they're not this good. Wait a minute, they're not this bad. You know, it was a little bit of a back and forth right there. But, you know, I right now I'm still picking the six. Yeah. You know, the, the, the sinister six of uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, New York, Atlanta, and St. Louis. I have San Diego winning the division. I keep going back and forth between the Mets and the Braves and who's going to win that division. I'm leading a little Braves right now, but you get yep. me on the right day. I may be leading a little Mets. Um, and I just think St. Lou, I, you know, it, I think they're a little bit better than Milwaukee and I don't see the Cubs, Reds or Pirates really contending this year. So it's really, I think it's going to be a two horse race and neither one of them is exactly, you know, Seabiscuit. So, yeah. uh, 
yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I think the NL might be chalk when it comes to playoffs. The American League, I think, could be kind of wacky because I know you hate some of those teams I brought up, but I wouldn't count out the Texas Rangers and the Los Angeles Angels just yet to make a wild card team. But for the National League, you know, I'm a big D-backs guy, but even with their young talent, it's hard for me to expect them to surpass the Philadelphia Phillies or, I, you know, we all like the Miami Marlins. I think they have a stacked rotation, but I just don't think they have the lineup yet. I just don't think they have enough offensive pieces. I just don't think they could score enough runs. Like, I think they're going to be in so many ball games because their pitching is so good, but I also think they're going to have so many three to two losses where Marlins fans are just going to be frustrated where it's like, if we could get two dudes on base and just do a little, you know, play a little small ball baseball like the Royals back in 2016 could maybe be a really fun team and competitive team, but I just don't trust that offense of the Marlins right now. So I think it's just going to be chalk once again when it comes to the NL playoffs, but I think the yeah. American League, Sully, is where I think when we do this topic next week, I think the American League is where we can have some fun. I think the American League can be a real mess. I yeah. think, I think, and I think this has been the way it's been the last few years that the National League has been top heavy, and the American League has been, you know, has been a little more parity. Although I still think the best team in the American League uh, resides in Houston. Yeah. But do not sleep on the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll sleep. Do not sleep on them, and don't sleep on the, I'm you dormant. know, uh, or the or or the uh, the Orioles. I think will be improved, but or the Blue Jays who had a a lot of things go wrong with the team last year, and they still won 92 games. So I will, we'll see I what will, happens. I will never believe in Tampa Bay. They will always be a regular season team to me until they prove otherwise on the biggest stages in the playoffs. Well, you've proven yourself on the biggest stage in the playoffs, Thanks, and you've man. done that by being part of Locked on MLB. Thanks so much for making Locked on MLB your first listen. For your second listen, obviously make that be Locked on Diamondbacks. For the third one, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring your best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team every day? Hey, uh, Miller hey. Thomas, tell people where they can want, listen to your show or watch it for that matter. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up the show account, Locked on Dimebacks. Just type it in the search bar, Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks on there. Please hit subscribe. And, of course, we're on all your podcasting platforms, wherever you listen to Locked on MLB with Sully Baseball. And you can follow me. Uh, follow the show, Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Seeing the glass half empty with six teams who want to fill it with champagne. This has been your Vernal Equinox episode of the Lockdown MLB Lockdown Diamondbacks crossover. He's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. Let's fist bump. I need to take a nap.